On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you found it. Welcome to the Nightwise.com podcast, the one and only podcast with hacks, tips, and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. My name's Nightwise. I'll be your host on this episode of the Nightwise.com podcast, season 15, episode 6, Lockdown Lifestyle Part 2. Yep, we're going to continue with our theme that we set in motion last episode about how to use technology during this lockdown to kind of, you know, upgrade your lifestyle and make sure that with all of this social distancing, you still stay sane, productive and have have a happy life. So some tech tips, but also some life tips. But before we get into that, we are going to listen to some tunes from our favorite artist, The Midnight, great retro wave music with his latest track, prom night it isn't as upbeat as it used to but boy does it pack a punch enjoy the midnight there's an open road and now an open door and a pretty girl's hand beside yours do you know what to do she Can you leap from the legend, bridge the two halves of the world? Hold her hand, we'll never pass this way again. Hold her hand, we'll fall over of a slow dance, her breath is deep as you make there's a chance if you take it And a heart that you break It's still a heart Hold her hand Hold her hand Take it in a heart that you break, it's still a heart. Oh. 
I don't know why I'm so in love with all this retro wave stuff, but it's some kind of music that really fits into the nightwise.com atmosphere. Letting technology work for you, kind of a retro feel. Just, I mean, the sounds, the voice. I'm very happy I discovered this artist. Not really sure why or where or how, but you can find all of his stuff on YouTube and he has the most beautiful uh, video clips to go along with that because they all consist of scenes from, uh, I don't know, from old retro movies. You're listening to the Nightwise.com podcast with hacks, tips and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. My jingle machine is a little bit too sensitive. Well, 1506 Lockdown Lifestyle Part 2. Well, what do we got for you today? Um, a little bit of a, I don't know, soft skill stuff where we talk about how to um, basically guide the streams of information that you're getting while staying connected without being overloaded by, I don't know, anxiety or, I don't know, social media crap and FUD, uh, fear, uncertainty and doubt. But also how kind of, oh, I have to keep my tablet with me here, uh, but also how, how to, uh, you know, kind of keep up with all of that stuff that uh, comes your way, how to filter your content and do some routines. Basically get into the groove of a non-existing daily routine and achieve some goals. It sounds kind of like, I don't know, better yourself, better your life, but maybe it is just that because what well, basically um, it's what technology is for, isn't it? To enhance your life, to let technology work for you. So we, I'm gonna, I'm, so I'm going to give you some pointers. With all that out of the way, let's get into the meat of the matter. With social distancing and everything that comes around it, face masks and uh, staying, I don't know, five feet apart of each other, there is one thing that helps, and that is digital connectivity. Well, for most of us, a webcam and a pair of headphones have become the main way to interact with people around the world, to stay in touch with friends, with family, with co-workers. And while Zoom calls were novel in the beginning, they are now becoming more and more de facto the standard and face-to-face meetings have become a little bit more of an exception. There are some upsides to that, there are some downsides to that, because basically, you know, you get your 
feedback, your interaction via your computer, and you get all of your news via your computer. And one of the things that is, of course, very important into getting information in your life and staying in touch with friends and family is social media. But social media isn't always that innocent. I mean, I think that uh, Facebook has seen an increase of 30% in its users since the lockdown since March, since everything started, and it's increasing to do so. More and more people spend a lot more time on social media these days, and they get their information from social media. And that is a little bit tricky because, well, you know, social media isn't really a real news outlet. When you take a look at, I don't know, daytime TV or just TV in general, the news outlets... All of that is a little bit sensationalism. It's all built to make you watch. There's somebody up there in that tower that goes like, here's the news and this is the way that we can present it to make people watch. And a lot of ways to make people watch is to play on their emotions, you know, play on on, on, on anxiety, play on fear, play on anger, play on humor, play on sympathy. Emotions are a very important trigger in order to get people to engage with information. But when it comes down to social media, there's the fact that, you know, there's not a person that decides what you get to see. There are actually algorithms that um, kind of decide what you get to see in your timeline. And these algorithms are all triggered by a lot of factors, but most of them is how people interact with that information. The more interaction that information gets, the more important the social media algorithm thinks it is, the more it will show you. And as I said, news is triggered on emotion, social media content is also triggered on emotion because the best way to get interaction and the best way to really get noticed in a social media feed is to make sure that people get angry at it and that they comment on it and that they reshare it. Now what happens in order to make that content to be seen People try to game the algorithm, and the best way to do that is to have it shared a lot, commented on a lot, and the best way to get that done is to make it controversial. And pretty soon, you get a well, a little bit of a skewed view of reality where you only get to see news that people react on, comment on, share, feel emotions on. It's this low-calorie information that lets you feel first, when you read the headline and then read the article. Whether or not the news is true, that I'll leave in the middle. Whether or not, you know, the information is actually, you know, actual, well, that's also open for debate. But sometimes that isn't really relevant at all. As, so, as long as people respond to it, as long as people feel are now triggered by it. This becomes a little bit of a vicious circle. So people respond to information that is controversial and information that is controversial has been, uh, it will be much more visible. People will see more of that. The algorithm says, hey, you clicked on this, so I'll show you something just like that. And pretty much, pretty soon, your view of reality is starting to become skewed because the algorithm doesn't show you an opposing view. It doesn't show you information that is either of a different viewpoint or it doesn't show you information that is not really um, interaction heavy, that is not really controversial. So pretty soon your timeline is going to diverse from other people's timeline and it's going to diverse. It's like having a 
television station that you watch and getting the content that is unique to you based on what you see and what you respond to. So let's say you're getting, you're, you're, you're seeing, you know, fires all day, you know, big fires and buildings and stuff. And because you respond to that, it's showing you more of that. So you're not seeing other news and pretty much, uh, pretty soon your perception of reality will change because you will think that only that is the reality that is out there. And over the last couple of years, uh, studies have shown that people think that the world is a far worse place and we have a misaligned um, perception of the actual danger of reality based on social media. And a lot of people, now you guys are geeks, you are, I hope that you're skeptical but it does play on your emotions. You think about this, you see this, and if you don't think it through, you think that this is going to be the way the world is, and that is going to really go into your emotions. And I've seen this. I've seen this with people who uh, have, you know, and they have a lot of time on social media. They don't have the, the critical skills, the skeptical skills to really take a look at that and go like, really? Is that really what it is? And... Pretty soon their perception of reality starts to shift and their opinions start to shift and their emotions start to shift. A good friend of mine has been going a little bit too far to the right side of the spectrum, but I've seen this change over a couple of months. He had a lot of time on his hands, spent a lot of time on social media, and because he was in this feedback loop where he only saw what he was triggered on, he kind of veered away from his more... I don't know, ambivalent uh, perception of the world into a very focused and very easily agitated, narrow view of reality. Now, it's philosophical, but you got to think about it because um, there are two things that are at play here. Why does this why do, do these information sources have such a high impact on the way we perceive things and on our emotions is because we have a reptile brain. There are three parts of our brain. There's basically the, the part that, you know, makes us breathe. And there's the fight and flight part. And there's the thinking part. And these three parts are still there. And, you know, they, they operate, you know, on certain levels. And when your brain perceives danger, even if it's an explosion in Lebanon or it's, I don't know, a COVID scare in God knows where, it is subconsciously you know that this is far away, this is not close to home, but subconsciously your reptile brain goes like, oh, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. It starts waving its arms around like the big robot. And emotionally you will be triggered by that. And this causes you anxiety and stress. So you have this perception that things, that danger, danger, Will Robinson, is a lot closer than it actually is. And... That's something that you should be really weary of when you take a look at social media because it can tap into your emotions and it can tap into your perception of the world around you. Just make sure that you realize that whatever you see in your social feeds, feeds is biased by algorithms and is biased by your behavior and the more you interact with it, the more it will become a one-directional or one-sided view of the conversation of, of reality. So you should be really weary of this. That's one factor. That's your behavior. And then there's, of course, the other factor. That's what you see. 
and that especially now is uh, because, you know, it gets, it's so controversial. People respond on it. People comment on it. People get mad about it. We see this 1% of things going on that appear to be very, very bad, but basically they're not really a big deal. We are giving a lot of attention to idiots these days. You know, the Karens out there, people who are, you know, making a fuss because they don't want to wear a mask or, you know, people who, who don't don't uh, really follow the rules, you know. These might be very, very small, isolated incidents, but beautifully, uh, it's beautiful content if you want to go on social media and want to trigger people to interact with it, get mad with it, share it, you know. And that's also a part of our world these days that, the 1% of the idiots gets about 99% of the attention span. And you should be aware of that because, again, you get this misaligned perception of reality. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind that social media is triggered by algorithms and algorithms are triggered by behavior. And the resulting information stream will trigger your behavior and will have an impact on your emotional state. So step away from social media from time to time and get your news when you want it. Because basically, I don't want to say that you have to dive into a cave, but you have to be aware that you filter the information that you want to uh, consume and you are the boss of your own mind and your own mind state, and you won't let an algorithm tell you what you want to feel. It sounds fluffy, but it's not, because it is a very, very basic element of how you get up every day, especially if you spend so much time behind the screen. And that's why it's so, so incredibly important to filter your content. There's a rule, and that rule is very simple. If there is something incredibly important going on, even if you are sitting outside in your lawn chair for about three days away from any screen or television, you'll probably hear about it. You know, you don't have to be completely overconnected if um, you want to stay on top of things that are really important. I mean, your government probably isn't going to declare war on Twitter, you know, there are going to be other channels. Well, except if, you know, well, well, there is this one president. Uh, he might just do that once. But in general, you know, you don't have to monitor Twitter 24-7 to get important information that directly affects you. There are mostly other channels that will get it uh, to you. And, you know, staying on top of that occasionally is just fine. So... We talked about the fear, the uncertainty, the doubt, the, 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 well, the, basically the trash flow that is social media these days. You have to be able to firewall that. You have to be able to firewall both the information streams that don't give you any value. They just, you know, trigger you to be angry or to be, to be scared or, or to, to want to buy things. 
And on the other hand, you have also the people in your life that kind of share that content. When it comes to digital communications, I'm not talking about, you know, cutting out people out of your will, but when it comes to digital communications, I have been very adamant when it comes to that. Filtering out people in my social media streams that have a negative impact on my emotions or that spout things that aren't really true, well, I just, you know, put them out of my timeline. I put them out of my misery. I stopped following them. I have stopped... uh, Uh, looking at their posts. Sometimes I've even muted them. I just basically ghosted them. You don't have to unfriend them on Facebook, just, you know, unfollow them. And it's amazing how little impact this has on the relationship that you have with them. If somebody comes over here and goes, uh, you're not following me on Facebook anymore. You're not, you're not liking my things on, on Instagram. Well, Sorry, lady. I mean, that's just the way it is. I have started to unfollow a lot of people in my social circles just because the content that they share and the quality uh, of, of, of information that, that they put out there is just abysmal. And they don't add any value to me. I don't have, they don't increase the quality of the relationship we both have. So I just unfollow them. And if they want to chat with me, they can, you know, just send me a message or call me or whatever. But if you have nothing valid to say to me, I don't really care. And a lot of those Facebook friendships or social media follow friendships are just that. They're a link. But they're if they're the basis of your relation, maybe you should, you know, rethink that relation. Um I think it's the philosopher, no, philosopher, psychologist Carl Newport. Uh, I mentioned his book in the, the previous show that says that the, you can only, as a human being, make a social uh, interaction net, face-to-face, of about 150 people. That's the maximum your brain can relate with. And sometimes if I take a look at people, uh, they have like 500 friends or 3,000 Instagram followers, and I went like, Yeah, sure, but does it really add value? It is more important to have a smaller community you interact with, a filtered community that you interact with on a higher quality than just having a lot of friends you never talk to. So filtering that content is very important, so both on social media, but also um, on the quality of information that we consume. Just think, think of it, think of it. There's this square box right in front of you, this square little screen. And this square little screen allows you to access all the information in the world, everything. You can, you can, you can, you can access a network for, I don't know, $50 a month that will give you access to all the information in the world. The question is, which information are you going to consume? Are these going to be silly cat pictures on Reddit? Or are you going to read a dissertation from a Nobel Prize winner on the faith of humanity in the future? There's a difference. One of them is entertaining, and the other one is not as entertaining, but adds some value to your life. So especially with all the free time that we have right now, the time that we're sitting at home not going anywhere, The question is, which information do we want to consume? And for me, I have always thought of looking for quality content. You know, always looking for 
is this good stuff? Because there's a lot of low quality content out there and it's made in a kind of, it's based on dopamine and stuff, but it's it's made in an addictive way. I mean, you can endlessly scroll through 9gag, you can endlessly scroll through, nine, uh, through, through Reddit and, you know, the pictures will just keep coming and there will be another picture. You can just uh, endlessly follow girls on 9gag or guys on 9gag who work out or do God knows what. And you will be spending hours on these things. And the people who actually make them, make the platforms to use them to sell ads, they are happy about that. But at the end of the day, you've snagged on this kind of content all day and you haven't had any added value to your life. So that's probably not what you want to do. So think about the quality of the content that you consume. Think about what books you want to read. You know, uh, if you join the nightwise.com discord, uh, there is a channel called What Are You Reading? And I encourage you, uh, if you haven't gone over to the, to the discord yet, join it, please, and interact with the guys and the girls over there. And you can tell us what you are reading and be inspired by what others are reading. Because the quality of the information that you consume kind of gives you the quality of life. And especially with this lockdown, if you have the time to read, to learn, to study, to, I don't know, improve yourself, the quality of the information that you consume during this time is, of course, going to be very important. Yes, you can watch the entire um, series of Friends all in one afternoon or in, in several afternoons and it will be relaxing, but will it be what you want? So think about what you read. Which books do you read? Uh, for me personally, I always have two books that I'm doing. I'm doing a book that is recreational. I just finished um, the three books from the Bobiverse. Uh, links in the show notes. Very light reading, sci-fi, not too not too brainy. Uh, but I'm also reading. Uh, I think it's called Deep Work by Carl Newport, uh, which is a book about concentration and psychology. So I always try to have one good book, one learn book that's kind of hard to read, but kind of harder to chew on, and then something a little bit more relaxing. But I do give myself times in the day where I say, before I go to bed, I read the Bobiverse book. And, you know, in the morning when I get up and I have my coffee and I'm really awake, then I learn, uh, then I read something else blogs they're still out there i mean you don't have to listen to an actual author uh for all i care you can just uh just as well go like you know i'm gonna read one of these wonderful blogs and there are a lot of them out there and the quality of the blog that you're reading is of course going to be of extreme importance are you going to read crap or are you going to read a dissertation or i don't know a blog from some famous futurist or i don't know agile project manager uh coach uh that writes articles i mean they put it out there it's for you to find them and to select them um one of the things that when i don't know what to read and i'm on the toilet or something i don't know what to do i go like do i scroll scroll nine gag no i'm opening up my wikipedia page and i'm just pressing random article until i find something that is interesting and i try to pick it up and learn it because basically it's an encyclopedia in your back pocket podcast same thing what are you going to listen to are you going to listen to crap or are you going to listen to something you learn now it doesn't always have to be you know high brainy super concentration you can't keep up with that you'll burn out but you have to find a balance between something entertaining that you know lets you chill out 
and something that increases your knowledge and the way you 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 know just makes yourself a better person or or you teach yourself a new skill. I love my TED talks. These are twenty minute um, stand ups or talks by by brilliant people on a variety of subjects. Apps uh, are abundant on that. You can find uh, the TED Talk app uh, on your phone and just you know use that whenever you go out for a jog or you go to the, the store. And instead of listening to I don't know music or the radio uh you can listen to a ted talk it might require a little bit more concentration but on the other hand uh it might just be something that is really nice to listen to and you learn something and also if you go on social media try to keep it positive um there's some reddits out there subreddits out there that i uh listen to from time to time like life hacks uh or uh zen habits that are a lot more positive in uh tone than i know some other like you know abusive or insane parents or stuff like that you also have a very big difference in cost in in in, in quality of content there and you really want to really want to uh think about that so not only do you take a look at the quality of the information that you consume and you filter out the rest, but um, you also take a look at just how much time you spend behind a screen. Because quite frankly, Jesus, we are spending hours and hours behind our screens right now. We're not you know, going to work. Um, we're not uh, going to the office. We might not be going out for lunch. We might not be going to get a coffee. And we spend a lot of time uh, sitting on our butt behind uh, a screen. And I've been kind of measuring that. I went like, how much time do I spend working behind the screen? And where does my screen time start? And my screen time starts, you know, I get up, I pick up my phone, which is on my nightstand, you know, (laughs) I go to the bathroom and then boom, my screen goes on. And then I go downstairs and I fix myself some coffee and I sit down on in in the couch and I have a coffee and I read my e-reader, boom, another screen. And then I open up my laptop to check my mails, boom, another screen. And so before I knew, before I know it, I'm spending, you know, my days is goes like from screen to screen to screen to screen to screen. And I hardly look up anymore. So that's something that I'm also starting to restrict. I'm thinking like, okay, I need to find moments in my life that I'm not behind, passively sitting behind a screen. So I take a look at stuff like audiobooks, where I can go out for a walk or a run, or I can do something else with my hands. That does not mean that I have to stare at a screen. It's also pretty good for your emotional state if you move around. And that brings us to the whole story of routines. You're listening to the nightwise.com podcast with hacks, tips, and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. One of the things that we might have lost during the lockdown are routines. You know, the get up, have a shower, go downstairs, have breakfast, get in the car, drive to work, talk with colleagues behind the coffee machine, sit down, stuff like that. Things that break up your day. We don't really have those anymore. And uh, one of the uh, beautiful uh, things that came out of there is the term blurs day, where 
at some point, you don't really know what day of week it is anymore because all of the days are starting to look alike. If you're, uh, for example, uh, when you're in, in, in lockdown or, or when you're uh, being outgoing is restricted, all the days kind of start to melt together and you need to keep some routine in your life because um, otherwise you're A, going to let yourself go. And I've seen this with, with co-workers where I go like, oh, dude, you really need to see people again because, you know, not shaving and not wearing pants and not taking care of your hair, I really understand it, but it doesn't look good. You're kind of looking like Tom Hanks in, in Castaway, and so all you need is a basketball to talk to or coconut. So, you see, you need some routines in your life, and when your rhythm is not there anymore because you know, of all of this new situation where working from home and living at home and everything is becoming the same thing, you need to structure your day and your week into some patterns. So what I've done is I have created an extra calendar uh, in, my, um, in my Gmail that's called a pattern calendar. And this pattern calendar gives me a rhythm it gives me time blocks where I can plan my events and my activities in, but that aren't. But these time blocks are already there, and they're kind of um, centered around a theme. So I have a time block that says work. I work from nine to five. That's the work time block. But I also have a leisure time block that explicitly says, okay, from I don't know seven in the evening or from six in the evening to nine in the evening, it's leisure time. You know, you need to do something relaxing. You need to stop thinking about work, being in work mode, kind of you know do something different. There, I have a family time that is you know weekends family time. You know, uh, I have to spend. I want to spend time with my wife, with with the dogs, going out uh, if we can. You know, also time for social interaction. I have some self-improvement time, which for me is really important. And the reason is you need to set that, you need to schedule that in. Because otherwise, you know, why get up before 9 o'clock? If work starts at 9, you can just get up at 8.55 and just go out of bed, sit behind the computer, log on, work, go to bed, sit, watch friends, you know, stuff like that. If there's no reason to improve yourself to take that time you're not going to do it i noticed this because um i listened to podcasts while i was on the train now suddenly my train commute kind of fell away and i decided to sleep in just a little longer and then you know it would be like i would get up and then i would eat and then i would go to i would have to log on to 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 work and i didn't have i didn't make any time anymore to listen to podcasts and podcasts are a huge part of my life when it comes to upholding my knowledge and improving myself so if i didn't foresee that block that time scale i just you know wouldn't do it anymore so i've got a block that is a self-improvement and i definitely have a block that says non-screen time uh, i have a, a golden rule that says like after six o'clock um, if it isn't for fun, uh, you close your work laptop and that's it. You don't go behind the laptop again. You can use your tablet in the weekend and you can use your ebook, but, you know, computer stuff, work computer stuff, done. So there's also a non-screen time where I try to find um, things that, that don't involve sitting behind the computer. And I just plan them in. 
Uh, for me, it's in the morning, I go for a walk. I get up, I go for a walk uh, of about an hour. I spend that time not behind the screen. I still can improve myself. I can listen to podcasts or find activities that don't require me to sit down passively behind the computer. But I have to plan them in. Because otherwise, if you get up and you don't feel very motivated, you don't do them. And that's actually, you know, kind of a bummer. That's a, that's a real downside. And the only thing when you have these blocks is to plan your tasks accordingly. That way you give some rhythm back to your daily routine. You give some rhythm back to your life. You give yourself also some things to look forward to. Your life stops melting together like some kind of blah that starts in the morning and ends in the evening. And it is this goo of work and stress and bad news and reruns of friends that kind of you know drag along all day long in in a situation where you don't really have to wear pants or shoes and it's fun at first but it becomes a real drag because you don't have the feeling that you're going anywhere that you have control So using those time blocks in that Google Calendar is really handy and planning tasks accordingly into those time blocks also helps because right now I am using that routine and I have some things to look forward to. I go like I work from then to then. That helps me stop procrastinating but also I know that if I'm not done with the task it's going to be for tomorrow. You know it's going to be it's not it's going to end somewhere and after it ends after work ends there is leisure and you can give yourself some i don't know some help into looking into breaking up your day and looking forward to things and enjoying them again because otherwise if it's not structured it becomes uh, this incessant I don't know, blob of goo that involves, as I said, a lot of work. And I've seen this with coworkers who have really and and you might you know maybe maybe it's you because you know we're kind of sensitive for that uh, spending so much time behind the computer maybe it's it's you know the sign of the times where everybody tries to do their very best not to get fired and stuff like that but this is the way to burn out dudes um, you know work never stops add some anxiety craving social media bad news on top of that um, get a lot of screens in there make sure you don't exercise enough and you are on your way to a very very crappy part of your life I can tell you that so keeping control and using technology to keep control of that is very important something as simple as a calendar can help um, I have taken my smartwatch to kind of give me buzzes when a certain uh, period is stopping. So I get, you know, mental or haptic feedback that, you know, this is what's going on. I kind of track myself uh, to see if I have enough steps uh, in the day. I want to get to 10,000 10, steps every day. All of these little things are technology supporting you and helping you to get things done. While on the other hand, fighting the resistance of fighting the the uh, resisting the urge to you know spend this endless day behind the computer and that gets me to basically the final uh part in this and this is something that i've noticed uh, a lot when it came down to the first months of all of this covid craze is that people because they were working from home because the, the situation had changed suddenly found themselves desperate to achieve something they've had 
they have all this free time. Look at this. I don't have to go to work anymore. Uh, I don't have to, um, I don't know, uh, drive to work. I don't have to pick up the kids from school. Everybody's here. What do I do with my free time? Oh, I'm going to teach myself to do that. And that's a self-improvement. That's great. Do that. But some people, you know, there's this trend that, you know, like, I started running five miles a day, and I did this, and I have to teach myself to do blah, 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 blah. And it became this competition. It became this uh, competition where people would achieve more because of the pandemic. And I talked to a friend of ours in, in an interview that I did for, for my company. Uh, as I said, uh, she's, she's uh, my former yoga teacher, but she's also a lawyer. Uh, and uh, as Katie Murray said, the yoga teacher lawyer likes to bend the rules. Ha ha ha. Very funny. But she said, like, you got to think about this. This whole pandemic stuff is kind of like war. It has a huge impact on our way of life. And it's not that we have to perform more because of the pandemic. I mean, it's a state of war. And we can be happy that despite the pandemic, we are still getting stuff done. But suddenly that trend was like, you have to be a very good performing human and do all of that. And I've talked to people, you know, moms with kids at home i mean jesus christ working teleworking all day long uh having meetings uh getting your quota doing your stuff just you do like you do in the office but with two six-year-olds literally running around the house that you have to care for i mean you cannot overperform there you can do your best despite and this doing your best despite the pandemic is something that you need to get into your head it's not a rat race the response of people psychologically to this whole situation is of course fear and you know you try to take control of your life take control of your surroundings you go like ah, i'm fine but you know despite everything i did this i did this i did this Dude, if you're just, you know, operating at uh, normal efficiency, that's something, despite all of the lockdown, not because of the whole pandemic that it has to be an extra. You have to be able to make your own goals and not set your goals based on what people share on social media. Because, as I said, it's a distorted view of reality the information shared on there by your friends is always going to be the good news. You know, they're not going to say like, I got up this morning and I was really depressed. Well, maybe they are, but yeah, you know what I mean. It's a, it's a distorted view of reality where people constantly try to let others perceive that everything's fine. Don't let that be the standard of your life. Don't let that be your trigger to set those goals you want to set your own goals if you just want to survive this fine if you want to get some extra out of this by organizing your free time fine but it's not a competition don't let the information that you consume skew your perception of what's going on be skeptical be critical set your own goals and filter your own information and survive living down the lockdown
And that's all we have time for this week on the nightwise.com podcast. I hope you enjoyed 1506 Lockdown Lifestyle. Again, if you want to join us, you can join the Discord, chat to the fellow Nightwise geeks out there and give us your tips on how to let technology work for you. We will be back next week and then again with a live show. You can follow it on Discord. We will see you guys there. Take care. See you next time. to the nightwise.com podcast the show with hacks tips and tweaks for cross-platform geeks send your feedback questions or start your own personal flame war by contacting us directly on feedback at nightwise.com you can support the show by sharing it with your friends or writing us a nice itunes review at www.nightwise.com forward slash itunes if you have some credits to spend click the paypal button on the nightwise.com website to help us pay the bills Just remember, there is real life outside cyberspace. But it's not all that important.